No checklist completed is going to save you. No bucket list is going to save you. No amount of blood, sweat, and tears that you've poured out in your life is going to save you. No amount of cash or worldly possessions is going to save you. You can't take it with you. You'll be dead. Buddha can't save you. Gandhi can't enlighten you. The Pope can't absolve your sins. The saints can't pray you into eternal life. Muhammad can't fix you. Allah isn't able. No president, no legislation, no Supreme Court justice, no state or nation or leader or celebrity, no one can save you because there is salvation in no one else. That's right, everybody. There is salvation in nobody but Jesus. So that's that. Hey, we're back. Uh, the Bearded Bible Thinker podcast. Today, I want to talk about your kids. Ha ha ha. Okay, that, that sounded a little creepier than I hoped it would. Um, so this is not going to be a creeper episode, okay? Uh, I want to talk about something that, that I uh, mentioned in a uh, sermon uh, recently, that my most recent sermon, actually, on August 6th. Uh, talked just briefly in that sermon about uh, kids, about children. Uh, being a part of the church. And uh, what I actually referenced is this thing that that I hear often from uh, uh, parents and uh, adults in the church world, uh, teachers, those kinds of things. Sometimes uh, we look at we say this about America too, right? Like kids, uh, kids are the future of America or kids are the future of, of the church. And so we need to pour into them and da, 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 da. Right. And, and I think that what, one of the things that we miss when we say that, I actually hate that phrase, uh, which I said from up front that the other day, but, um, one of the things that we miss is that they, that actually they're all like their hearts are beating. They're actually here already. They're a part of us as it stands. Um, and so, uh, this, this, uh, um, uh, idea that they're, uh, the future of the church isn't, isn't completely wrong, but they're also part of the present of the church. And I think that we kind of miss that if we, uh, if we're not careful, um, that they, they actually are part of the now of the church. They're part of the church now. If, if your, uh, child has made a, a profession of faith, um, and, and so you're, you're convinced you see their life and there are some obvious fruits of the spirit a little bit that are manifesting. Um, now, manifesting in in the uh, proper degree for a child of course you're not going to have a, a a kid who's um you know seems like a mature christian all of a sudden that's not how it works so if that's what you're waiting on uh they're uh, they're never going to be there and probably you should look in the mirror cuz you're not there either right so um but uh, but kids that have made that profession of faith there um, they actually are part of the church, um, and and we should we should treat them as such. Um, so I just want to talk about that in a couple of different ways uh, today. First of all, uh, we recently um, made some changes, and um, without getting into tons of detail, uh, because it's it's uh, irrelevant for for this uh, podcast, but. But the short version is that we we no longer do um, children's church um, during uh, Sunday morning worship. Now I understand the uh, 
the the reasoning for having a children's church kind of thing. Um, and I don't completely disagree with those reasonings. Um, and and uh, this wasn't just a, a Rob decision. We don't do that uh, here um, unless it's some kind of clerical thing that I just need to, to decide on. The elders um, talked about this. We, we had input from some of the parents who taught, um, and so anyway, uh, this, this is something that, uh, that we just, this is just kind of where we landed. Okay. So what I'm not going to, uh, condemn, uh, any churches who, uh, have children's church ministries. They're, they're not all bad. And I see even a biblical warrant in, in, in a sense for that. Um, I, I, at least let me say it this way. I understand the biblical case that's made for that. Um, one of the practical things that we that we think about uh, when we think about children's church um, is uh, that parents will be able to sit in the in the uh, worship setting and actually pay attention and take it in um, and and be a part of it and uh, not be distracted and and those kinds of things and so it's looked at in a lot of cases as a service to the parents as much as it's a service to children. Um, and, uh, which I get, you know, and I sympathize with that. I think that, uh, um, I mean, I understand that, uh, we, we were there once I have, uh, uh, by the time this comes out, probably a four, uh, uh, a 12 year old and a 14 year old, uh, right at the moment, I have an 11 year old and a 14 year old. Um, so we're kind of past the children's church stage, uh, in life, but, uh, but I mean, I do sympathize with the parents that have to sort of war with baby toddler kind of things. We have an infant nursery, but um, uh, but with with those young kids who are like five, and uh, I mean, in this world, it's tough because the attention span is is uh, ever decreasing among us, right? Um, so uh, I, I get the, the struggle at times and the frustration at times, but one of the things that, that we, we talk about, um, that we talked about is, is uh, what, what would actually be the most helpful in the long term, right? Um, and in uh, a children's church, first of all, you, you have to have, uh, you have to think about curriculum. Right, uh, curriculum for children's church. Uh, by and large, the things that you can just go buy are dumb. <laughs> um, just to just to be blunt, uh, by by and large, the things that you're going to run into out there are really shallow. They're not really learning anything. They might be learning. Um, uh, basic, uh, really basic things like Jesus loves you or God is good or whatever. Uh, but, but they're not actually going to learn tenets of the faith. They're, they're not actually, uh, being entrenched in things that are, uh, really solid biblical things. It's all really very surfacey, right? And I think that, uh, first of all, one of the pushbacks against that is someone might say, well, yeah, they're five, right? Um, but, up until just very recently in human history, um, five-year-olds uh, and four-year-olds were already learning catechism. We're learning deep spiritual truths, biblical truths, um, through memorization. Of course, they're not going to understand it all yet. They don't understand how to wipe their booties all the time. So uh, this this is something that um, that that we really just have to think 
through, right? Um, when uh, when we think about curriculum, I think that that I think that we tend to think that kids are dumber than they actually are. Um, there are toddlers that um, that sit in the uh, service and they'll be repeating things from time to time from the sermon uh, that they were like coloring through or something. But like uh, mom and dad will say to me later, uh, yeah, we got home and I didn't even think they were paying attention, but they said that this, you know, and, th- and it's something that I said or something that, or they were singing one of the songs from worship or something like that. Um, so like, they're not dumb. They catch on to these things. This is why when when uh, you hear a little kid uh, say a, a curse word, the parents are immediately like, uh, "Wasn't me." Uh, I. It's because they pick things things up, right? They actually do hear. They actually do pay attention. They're actually taking in all of this information, and in fact, at that age, uh, if you're if you're into classical learning or you know anything about that, it, at young ages, the, at the youngest of ages, memorization is the way that they learn, um, and then they they learn later on in life uh, in their childhood to make sense of those things that they've memorized. Uh, but God made their brains to pick up on things, to memorize things, and so. Um, that's one reason that I think it's important that if, if you're going to do a children's church, it should be robust. It should be something that, that actually has meat in it. Uh, even if they don't understand all the things or understand all of the scriptures and you don't spend 30 minutes unpacking it for them, uh, however that might look, uh, it, it needs to be something substantial. It can't, it can't just be Jesus is my Valentine, right? Because that's not even... That's not even biblical, first of all, but um, but it's it's got to be heavier than that. It's got to be something that they can they can uh, 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 grasp, digest, and and be able to spit out right uh, at some point, even if they're uh, lacking in in complete understanding of it. Um, and so I think what that's one of the reasons that. Uh, there, there are a few curriculums that are really good. I think the Sunday school curriculum that we're using is really good. Uh, it's from Answers in Genesis, so it's it's trustworthy and and um, and helpful, and uh, it's been good for kids. Um, but uh, so the other thing is, uh, just on a on a practical level, um, uh, we have children in the worship service now in the, the our worship gathering now and it's it's been a blessing um i know that when you're man i remember when you're a parent and you have a young toddler or a baby uh, and they just all of a sudden get upset and start going nuts. There is nothing more frustrating or embarrassing on the planet. I get it. I remember we didn't eat out for like a a few years because of this, right? Um, when, when you're in a public setting, particularly like, you know, you're in the library or something, this is kind of what it feels like when you're in the sanctuary of a, of, of a local church and, um, and it's, it's quiet. Everyone is listening to the sermon or whatever. And all of a sudden your youngster screeches and starts, uh, freaking out. <laughs> like the, I, I understand the embarrassment and the struggle of, of that as a parent, but, um, a couple of things are really helpful uh, about that. One, it does test you as a parent, and that's a good thing. Two, it tests those around you and and how how judgmental are they? 
right? How how uh, much have they maybe forgotten that struggle that you're in the middle of right now? Um, if they never see a struggling parent because the kids are always somewhere else, they're they're going to be uh, remain out of touch with that reality if they are out of touch with that reality. Um, and and this is something that that can that can actually serve to pull people back in and and sympathize with young parents and want to come alongside them more and be reminded that there's a need there. Um, it can also I think that it's also been a huge joy uh, just uh, in in our particular church body to hear the cries of those young people and uh, it's it's been a wonderful thing. Um, to to hear that and see that and um, and so I think that uh, it's it's uh, so at that level it's a good thing to 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 hear the young life among us and um, and I, I did for the first time the other week I uh, uh, attempted to address the children directly a couple of different times during my sermon. I'm going to continue to do that. I want them to feel like they are part of our church because they are. I want the parents to feel like they're a part of our church because they are. Um, and so I'm going to attempt to continue to do that. It's it's not something that has been in my wheelhouse. It's a um, I'm I'm typically just fired up and not thinking about um, about it at that level, but uh, but hopefully. Um, I'll be able to get better at that and improve at that. That's one of the things that that is a goal of mine um, as a preacher is to be able to preach to all uh, of the uh, kinds of people, all of the um, uh, people from all walks and ages and stages of life. And so um, uh, it's it's easiest to communicate uh, as a preacher to people my age at, at any given time. And so that's what's more natural. Uh, people my age are struggling with things like, um, do I go to the football game or do I show my children that church is a priority, right? So um, th- those are the kinds of things that I'm more uh, naturally bent toward when it comes to preaching. So I have to, when it comes to like uh, grandparents and, um, and children, uh, and even teenagers, like I have to... I. I have to think about those things to try and, and include that. Um, but uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that will be a blessing to parents and children uh, both. And, um, but anyway, uh, we, we are uh, obviously we've moved to a kind of a different, um, different way of doing things uh, at the moment and certainly not uh, opposed to children's church. Um uh, necessarily, it just it seems like the best fit for us at the uh, at this time, and and I think that there's a solid biblical case for it. I think that if I'm a parent, I would rather go through the little bit of embarrassment when my three year old is acting like a three year old than uh, the the more embarrassing situation when like my uh, you know eight year old is acting like a three year old because they've never been. F- in church, right? Because they've always had uh, a time during church that's focused on them and their age and their uh, visual and, and, and fun and colors and all the things, right? If, if, uh, if they've never been part of the church at large and they've always been out in the back doing their own thing, then um, when it comes time for them to join 
the the church body in the sanctuary for worship, it's like, yeah, this already is no fun. Like, I don't even want to be here. Uh, that's what they learned. <laughs> and so I think there's that case to be made. Um, and uh, so th- there, there are lots of reasons I could talk about as to why we have done that and gone to that um, that are close to the, the things I've already mentioned. But uh, so what I want to talk about just really briefly is something that I think could help. Um, so <clears throat> some of you already do this with like homeschool and different things like that. But uh, But if you... Um, work intentionally to increase your youngster's attention span. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this is actually helpful probably for um, for increasing adult attention span as well, right? Um, <clears throat> the, the quick idea is shut the screens off and um, read them a book. If uh, even a children's book, doesn't matter. Um, uh, uh, <clears throat> I heard this... Uh, a few days ago, actually, on a podcast I was listening to about this kind of thing, and um, and it was brought up that 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 actually does a good job in preparing them. It makes it not so weird and foreign when they're forced to sit and listen to somebody talk and preach out of and about the Bible for uh, forty minutes. You know, if they've already be- become a little more used to a parent reading to them for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or something like that, and they've grown accustomed to that, then it, it becomes a lot less of a stretch for them to sit in, in a church uh, worship setting for a while and, um, and, and do that. So it, that really just comes down to um, putting away the things that, cause our atten- that have caused uh, over the course of a past generation or so, and that have caused our attention span to just dwindle to almost nothing, um, and uh, so putting those things away and then grabbing and latching onto a few things and being intentional in a few ways that might actually help increase your your child's ability to focus for longer on something like that. So um, so that's one thing that you could that you can do as a parent that I think uh, maybe maybe helpful and it might not be, but um, but it makes sense. So uh, hopefully that'll be a help to somebody. Um, but I think the main message, the main message that we want um, uh, to get across is that, look, not only are your children welcome here, but we want them here. Uh, not only are your children allowed to be in the sanctuary, uh, but we long for them to be in the sanctuary and to, to, see, to, to see and watch mom and dad worship. God and and how important that is to them to witness their parents worshiping Christ with other believers even at the youngest age that that leaves an impression family it just does it's important and um, I hope um, I hope that we can continue uh, to to do that and to um, to uh, to keep on that track, and I hope that it, uh, if there are ways that we can improve that for parents and make that um, easier as a transition or something like that, then I I hope that that uh, we can that we can do that. That will be. Um, I know that we're um, open to suggestions and things like that, um, and I'm going to attempt. Um, I, I'm going to attempt to be to be more intentional uh, regularly about um, 
uh, actually addressing children at times in in the sermons to to include them um, and help them understand that they're actually important, that they're actually part of this. Um, and so uh, this uh, there are lots and lots and lots of scriptures um, that that talk about children uh, and third uh, John 1 4 um, now d- despite what he might mean as children here um, it's it it is it is applicable when he says I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth and um, I think that 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 should be our most obvious goal. Uh, someone, a young mother, said in Sunday school not long ago that uh, confessed actually that she was feeling sort of prideful about they they had been doing catechism with their youngsters at home as part of their worship and learning uh, those things, and um, she she felt kind of some pride rearing up, like yeah, you know, when the the youngster was actually memorizing and reciting some things or whatever. Um, and then, and then she got checked in her, her spirit. God kind of poked at her or whatever. And, uh, she said, you know, like, why am I prideful about this? And, and the phrase that she used, I, I think is really good. Um, so why, why am I prideful about this? Uh, catechizing my children should be as normal as potty training them. Uh, and I, that is profound and true. Um, if your kids grow up getting to just believe what they want and and uh, they have to uh, live a certain way under your roof, but if it, like we need to be teaching them. Um, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 7, talking about the laws of the Lord, the, the ways of, of God, it says you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Uh, this is, this is uh, an, an obvious way that he's saying at all times they should be learning Christ and him crucified. At all times they should be learning what it means to live the Christian life. They should be learning at all times what it means to to uh, not only uh, do do mom and dad know the truth, but mom and dad live a certain way because they know the truth. They live the truth. Um, they should be seeing that. They should be hearing that from you. They should be led into that uh, by you. And um, and so our our goal as a church, I think, right now when it comes to uh, children, is uh, we we believe that they are part of the church family. Um, uh, we believe that they are, are uh, even at young ages, they are people who have gifts, people who have passions and talents. Um, now, certainly, at a young, the younger a person is, the more. Uh, out of control and nuts, those kind of passions and talents can be. Um, so, uh, of course, this is uh, guided, right? But uh, but they have they have things to offer the church, and it's important at a young age that they understand uh, the idea of serving the church um, in some way. 
um, my uh, son has been, my oldest son has been coming to men's Bible study uh, pretty much since he was 12, and he's 14 now. He's been coming to men's Bible study, and that's been really good uh, for him. He's He sits there, and he's quiet most of the time, and he's around men uh, talking through passages in the Bible, and he's learned a ton, and I'm super proud of him, and I, I love uh, seeing him grow like that. And Now, he's he might not like this a lot, uh, but his little brother is about to turn 12, and so uh, it's it's going to be just within the next week or two that um, that we're going to all three be men who are in men's Bible study learning uh, the scriptures together and and talking about the scriptures together. And so um, those those are the kinds of things, family, that we need to think about, that you need to think about. God has called, he's given you those children. If you have children, he's given them to you on purpose, right? It's no accident that you have them. And so uh, uh, living living in that, right? That, that being your first ministry, we all say that, but is it really, right? Um, uh, and, and so... Uh, just something to think about, you know, uh, when, when we, when we have, uh, I think five pregnancies right now in our church and, um, which is significant. Our church is about a, a church of about 150 people. And so five pregnancies is like, you know, you're, 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 you're certainly adding family members there. Right. Um, and, uh, so, this is this is something that uh, um, is really relevant for us. Um, we're going to be interrupted with cries, and I think that that's beautiful. It's a beautiful distraction, and I, my hope is that um, that whenever parents have to take their children out and they are feeling embarrassed, that after church, what I want from you, family, if if that wasn't you, then after church, I want you to go up. Uh, to to those families, those dads or moms or whoever might have been that that whose ever turn it might have been, right? Um, go up to them and say, "Hey, thanks for for uh, bringing them into the into church. Thanks for doing what you do." And encourage them. Take time to encourage them and say, "Look, there was one time." I'll say this, and then I'll finish this up because it's it's about time to finish this podcast anyway. But. Um, there was one time uh, when um, one of our boys was uh, really young, uh, and uh, young enough to get in trouble, old enough to know they shouldn't have done it, right? Um, and uh, and so it was right during church. I wasn't a, a paid pastor yet. I was sitting up toward the front of the church and um, with my family, and a boy uh, was acting up right? And just started causing a ruckus. And so I just grabbed him sternly by his arm and he knew what was coming. And I walked him straight down the middle aisle with him screaming the whole way. And, uh, and I took him out and fixed the situation. And afterward, I, I can't tell you the impact that it had on me that afterward there were a uh, uh, two or three people. I don't remember exactly, but it was, it was multiple people that came up to me more in a, a kind of a private, uh, uh, setting and encouraged me and said, good job, dad. Um, uh, keep it up. You know, um, uh, they were, they were happy to see someone that had their kids in the church, um, that they were happy to see someone who, 
uh, didn't just let their kids run over them and run the show, but that, that, you know, like I, I, I felt it was important that they learn, uh, young, how they are to be in that setting that we're here to worship God, not you. And it's important that you realize that, um, in fact, isn't that the message that all of us need to be hearing repeatedly throughout our entire lives? No, no, listen, we're here to worship God, not you, right? So if you're upset with uh, this uh, this particular uh, 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 thing that's going on, or this, uh, this particular thing isn't serving you well, or uh, I really liked it when, or those kinds of things, listen, we're here to worship God, not you, right? It's the same thing that we need to teach our children. Um, and so I, I hope that as a church body that we, that we serve one another well during this transition. And I think that we have been so far, um, I hope that we serve one another well through this transition and that your children feel loved and important in our church family and that you feel that we feel that your children are loved and important in our church family. So I don't know if this was even helpful or if it was just me rambling, but I hope that it was helpful in some way that it blessed you. Um, Our children are the future of the church, uh, but our children are the church today as well. See you next time.